The Happy Even After Podcast. The Happy Even After Podcast. Divorce sucks, but it doesn't need to define you, and it doesn't need to be the end of your story. The Happy Even After Podcast. Meet your host, Renee Bauer, an award-winning divorce attorney, peacemaker, author, and founder of The D Course, an online divorce educational program. She's been doing this work for almost two decades, and she is passionate about helping all women make it out the other side. The Happy Even After Podcast. Let's jump in. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Happy Even After Podcast. And boy, do I have a treat for you today. My guest is probably well known for her role in Orange is the New Black as Beth the Baby Killer. She's also been in The Blacklist, Sneaky Pete, Bored to Death, The Big C, House of Cards, person of interest, guiding light, and the list goes on and on and on. She's also been in films such as Kilimanjaro, The Smurfs, and probably a couple dozen more. And she's worked on and off Broadway and won the Elliot Norton Award for her work in theater. Her name is Finnerty Steves, and her resume is a mile long. But today we are here for a very specific purpose, and it's to talk about her new film that she wrote, produced, and starred in. And it's called Before, During, and After. It's about a middle-aged actress who is suddenly forced to figure out who she is, what she wants, and how to move on in life after her marriage falls apart when she catches her husband cheating after 15 years of marriage. It's raw, it's deep, it's emotional, and I am so thankful that I had the privilege of viewing this film, and I'm so excited to chat with the star today. So just a a couple lines about the film. It takes place over the course of one day as the main character, Jenny, is auditioning for a role that triggers memories and pain of her own. So she's broken, she's a victim at times, and as she tries to hold on to her husband, he has already let go. So it's really her journey through the divorce process. So welcome. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me, Renee. (laughs) I sat here in in my office and watched, I shut my door and I put my do not disturb on and I watched the whole movie and it like brought up all kinds of feelings. So I laughed out loud during some scenes. I mean, there's some funny ones. um, And like, then I had moments where it was like, ooh, like that feels really personal. It is a beautiful film. So is it your story? It is uh, loosely based on my first marriage falling apart. Yeah, of course, you know, when you make a project or write a film, it sort of takes on a life of its own, you know, but um, but yes, uh, the the seeds of it are definitely based on my own seemingly perfect marriage. Mm, they're, <laughs> they're always seemingly perfect, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what made you want to write this film and produce it and star in it? Well, you know, I've, I've always had such respect for actors, I mean, for uh, for writers, excuse me. And I've just, I've always thought about writing, but I just didn't know that I had a story to tell or, you know, and I was telling a friend about what happened who knew my ex and she said, oh my God, you have to write this. And I said, oh, you know, it was actually, I was telling her more about my husband that, I, that I'm married to now, my current husband, how we met. And she's like, you have to write that. And she ended up sort of writing a version of my story. And at first I was upset and then I was like I was more upset with myself because I like, why wasn't I writing? Like, why was I letting other people, you know, use my life as some sort of inspiration? So I was like, you know what, maybe I'll try to write this. And as an actor, I was aware that as things were falling apart, that there were things that were sort of funny. I mean, even though my life was, I, I was still too 
broken up to actually laugh. But there's just a part of me that kept sort of thinking like, if this weren't me, this would be really funny. Right. And I, I just thought someday maybe I'll be in a place where I can um, look back on this and be able to see the humor and also maybe someday write about it or, or you know, share my version of what my life falling apart felt like. And as heartbreaking as it was, it just was also strangely humorous at times. <laughs> and in particular, there's a scene where you're at the dentist and like the, for me, that was like, oh my God, like that felt like something that I had lived through too, but in its it, and I'm not going to give too much of it away, but you are forced to talk about your divorce or share that you're divorced and you're at the dentist, your mouth is open and there's nothing really you can say except to mumble. And then you're stuck sitting there listening to the dentist and the assistant say all of these like platitudes to you. Was that a real life experience for you? That was actually based on something very similar. Like I, and it was one of those things that I knew was funny, even though I was still, and it was in those those first days when I was still trying to figure out how to even explain to people that that who knew my ex too that we weren't married anymore yeah. you know trying to sort of say it quickly and sort of give the hints that I was not really interested in discussing it right <laughs> but, um yeah that was one of the that was one of those scenes that I was like you know as it was happening a little bit of like you know this might be something that I write about later but there is another you know we ended up those actors are just incredible I mean those the, the fact that we the whole cast is just full of some of the best New York character actors. And, and that was our first day of shooting. And there's actually a couple of takes that are just so absurd and so hilarious, but <laughs> finding, we had to find a balance with the film in terms of like the heartache and the humor where it didn't feel like we were in a bunch of different movies. So th that was one of the scenes that was hard to edit because we had to pick one that was humorous, but still based in, you know, in, in the tone of the rest of the film. Why did you think this film was important to make? I just felt like friends of mine were sort of inspired by the way I was able to kind of pick up pieces and move forward. And I thought, you know, there's just so many incredible divorce movies that are very different, you know, and yeah. some are just, they floor me in a different way. You know, some are just um, so devastating and, you know, but I thought, I wonder if I try to tell my version, if it would be inspiring in any way and not like, like as an invitation to possibly see some humor, but I also was afraid to do that because I didn't want people to be like, that's not what divorce is like, you know, cause I wasn't trying to tell everybody's story. I thought maybe if I could be super specific with mine, that people will connect in some way, um, mm -hmm. you know, whether they've been divorced or not, I, I'm, you know, I think anybody who's had their life sort of fall apart, you know, if they sort of thought their life was going to be one thing and then suddenly it's not like, how do you, how do you move on and how do you go forward? And it was important to me in the movie too, to try to, I didn't want the movie to be about her getting the job or the baby or the man. Like, I just felt like I wanted it to be a sense of, you know what, she's going to be okay. She's going to be okay. And that's what I feel like, you know, with, with friends too, that, I just wanted that feeling. I didn't want it to, I feel like usually movies that have humor in it, there's like, oh, it was all worth it because she got this guy or whatever. Or like, oh, it was all worth it because she got, and I just wanted to be like, no, divorce is awful. It's terrible, but you can get to the other side and how, you know, and I was also interested in figuring that out with the lead character being an actress and how as actors, we're always called upon to use our own experiences to, you know, for empathy and, so that was fascinating to me, that idea of figuring, of threading that through. I also am obsessed with this idea of memories because I, I myself have a really bad memory. And 
I love this idea of how memories change depending on where you are in it and sort of how far away you are and how sometimes you could look at something that was a favorite memory and then how it can be crushed or how people can remember the same exact event completely different. And I, I don't know, I just, I like this idea of beautiful memories being slammed up against mm-hmm. painful ones too. Cause it, and yeah. So you, what, what speaks to me when you talk about that is one of the memories where you have, I think it's their first anniversary and they're shopping for cards for each other to exchange in the store because they didn't have money, but they were so in love and they were so happy in that moment. And it's such a sharp contrast to the next scene or the next few scenes where what she's going through. And that really stood out to me because I think that that is so common during marriage. Like it's so easy for you to focus and say, well, look at all the good times. And, you know, especially when you don't want it or you're dealt with something like that, where she didn't, there was an affair. She thought all was good. And that's a really hard thing I think to, to work through as well. Yeah. And I also, I wanted to play with the order of scenes, you know, it's called before, during, after, because we sort of, you know, I don't think it's giving it away to say that it's ultimately the, almost the whole film is really like a memory and how, you know, just because something did not last does not mean that the beautiful memories weren't beautiful. Like that the Mm -hmm. event itself wasn't beautiful and the memory might be tainted, but, you know, we played with the order, you know, a lot of some of the feedback I got initially as a first time writer was like, oh, you know, you might, you may want to wait until there's just certain structures that film follows a lot, you know, that sort of, um, that works. And there's a reason there is that structure because it just works. And I was getting advice to postpone the actual cheating, but I was like, that's not really what it's about. I mean, it is, but I want people to sit through the card scene where they're crazy in love, knowing that they're probably not going to make it. And as opposed to just like a traditional, like, oh, they're in love. And then, then the cheating happens. It's like, no, we know this thing happened and they probably aren't going to make it. And then now I'm going to make you sit and like hang out with them for a long one take scene where you see them totally in love. And what does that do? And, And I think that's why it's so powerful. So talk to me about the, because I was really amused um, by the whole concept of them bouncing around to different therapists, kind of waiting for the person who's the good fit, or even I think maybe in Jenny's case, the person who was going to sort of solve her, her problems. Um, What was your intent behind that? Uh, I wanted to have, I thought it was a good opportunity for some humor, first of all, to have that. I also wanted, because we are jumping around in time, I also wanted, because of people's different opinions about divorce, I wanted them to, the audience to understand that Jenny was trying to fix it. And where's that fine line between just being like, oh, well, it didn't work out, you know what I mean? Right. (laughs) When you've been with somebody for so long. And so how, like playing with that idea of her desperate to try to fix something that was already sort of broken. Um, So even just showing that I thought was important, but it was based on, I'd never been to therapy before. And the therapist, the the one that Stan is based on with the actual guy was worse than that guy, believe it or not. (laughs) (laughs) It was the worst. But my world was tipped so sideways that I was so desperate to try to get help and to, for someone to sort of rescue us. And the thought that it was in the hands of somebody like that guy was, you know, um, and really it's not right. I I mean, I think that, therapists are incredible and can have such impact. And that's why it was important for me to also have her find somebody at the end. That was good because it wasn't about making fun of therapists, but it was an opportunity for humor, definitely. And it was a chance to, since we were jumping around a time to show that Jenny was really trying to make it work. 
And I think that so many people do that. It's so common when someone's going to marriage counseling to jump around to counselors because this one's not a good fit or this one seems like they're siding with one person and not the other. And it's so common and so part of that divorce journey that you've laid out so beautifully. Thank you. (laughs) Thanks so much. We'll be back just after this message. If you are feeling confused and overwhelmed by the divorce process, the D course can help. This video course will educate and empower you to make the best decisions for your future. Taught by an experienced divorce attorney, you will learn everything you need to move forward into your next chapter. Head on over to www.thedecourse.com for more information. You do not have to do this alone. So the uh, the director who um, was auditioning the character says, and we're going to quote him, sitting still is not good. She must find the next right thing or the fear will swallow her. And he's talking about the role that Jenny was auditioning for. What does that mean to you? Two things. One, it, it is based on a real audition I was having, having but I was also, I, what just popped in my head when you read that, I think what's... The at the time that I was going through this, I remember people people saying like, "Wow, you're doing so great! I can't believe you're doing it so great! I'm so mm-hmm. proud of you! You're, you know, you're moving on." And and I was still so heartbroken. And I was happy that people were seeing that, but I was also felt like it was a little bit of a lie in a way that I would. And and I remember I, it was an interview I either read or saw with with Rufus Wainwright, and it was a totally different subject. But he was talking about his relationship with his mom, I guess he had this incredible relationship with his mom and people were really terrified when she passed away that he would not do well. Like Mm -hmm. I think with addiction and stuff like that, I believe was his past. And, and everyone was like, wow, like you, you're doing like, he actually just sort of took off and started doing incredibly well. And the way he described it was, he said, you know, I, the way, the only way I could think of it is I'm swimming as fast as I can. So I don't drown. Mm. And I thought, oh God, that's how I feel. Like I was just, I felt exhausted, but I was sort of determined to move forward that I felt like if I stopped, I would go under, you know? Mm. So that's like, but I was auditioning. It was based on, I was auditioning for a beautiful play at the time called, I think it's called Dinner with Friends. And the character was me. I mean, it was me. And, um, And reading the script, I was, it was so soon after. I mean, I literally just kicked my ex out. And I went into audition and I suddenly, she's supposed to have a very emotional scene and I just could not go there. And Mm. I've always been like a very emotional actress. I've sort of been like a gift, you know, like the thing that I have and it was suddenly gone. And the director said something very similar. He's like, listen, I'm going to stop you. You know, he's like this woman, if you can even imagine it, (laughs) he's like this woman whose life she thought she knew is gone. You know, um, everyone thought they were the perfect couple, everyone, including her. And he's like, so let's give it another go. And I'm like, okay. And I couldn't do it. In real life, I couldn't do it. You know, I, I could not go there. And I thought, oh my God, he took that from me, my ability to have a big open heart and connect with people. And the therapist I had at the time would said later, like, you know, you, you weren't supposed to have that part yet. You weren't supposed to like heal that quickly and sort of like, and I said, I know, but she's happy at the end. She's like, I know, but you have to kind of go through it yourself. You can't just sort of surfacey do it. So but yeah, so that was, that's part of that too. I kind of weaved that in. So then let's talk about the the hope and the glimmer of hope, because in the movie, it is so subtle and yet it is done in such a way that it like, it makes you smile and it's like, oh, there's the light. Like, oh, she just stepped out of the dark. 
Um, can you talk a little bit about that thought behind how you were going to show that she's okay? Yes. I originally, there was a couple of different endings. We talked, um, there was even a time when I just wanted it to be the hint of from that moment on, she was going to be okay. And we tinkered, like I said, with the bookends. So when she, she, she gets to see him again and she wasn't mm-hmm. planning on that. And I don't think she knew she needed it or maybe she didn't, maybe she would have gotten there without it, but it ended up being a moment that walking away from that, she was aware. And, and that was some of the notes I got initially too. Some people were like, yeah, we don't need to see him again. We're done with him. We don't want him anymore. And I said, I think that's how we will register her growth. You know, if we can see her again with him, we will know where she is in it. And um, I think it's super subtle and the directors were incredible. We had two really great directors, um, which normally, you know, you have one, but I had two, which was amazing. But they, you know, one of them specifically, Steve was fighting for, you know, I was a little more emotional in that final scene. And he was like, Finn, we're ready for you to be like, we're, we're good with you being good. And we need you mm. to be like, he's like, I'm not saying it's not like, oh, hey, you know, cause it's only a year out. Yeah. So it's not, it shouldn't be like, a happy, happy ending. It should be painful, but also beautiful. And like, wow, they're okay. They're, they're going to be okay. And in some ways she's probably going to be even better off than him, you know, in some ways I think, and that, that I've seen that experience a lot with friends too, that sometimes mm-hmm. the one who wanted it, you know, it had some it struggles a little bit too with whether they did the right thing. And, but I, yeah, that, so that, that's, that was sort of the, and then the moment of the bird, flying mm-hmm. through, which was, um, yep. that was the feeling we wanted, which was crazy. And then we did not realize that a bird flew through the frame until we got into the editing room. So it was this crazy gift where, wow. um, we wanted it to be like, she's free, you know? And then what's crazy is that the final shot was supposed to be of Jenny walking. So Jenny walks away and then we see of David's take on Jeremy, who's just played the role so beautifully, you know, he's watching her walk away and then he turns around and walks. And then as he's walking away, this, the bird flies through the frame. I mean, it's like this white dove in the middle of Greenwich village. That's crazy. Just crazy. <laughs> so we are like, Oh my God, was that a bird? You know, we just kind of freaked out. We're like, Hey, cause I thought, I thought um, one of our directors sort of like artificially did it. He's like, no, he's like, they, they yelled cut. And thank God, you know, our DP didn't actually turn it off because the bird just flew right through the frame. It was beautiful. Wow. And then I I really like even after that, the very end, the, you know, and I'm not going to give it away, but it's what she does when you really look at her and you're like, all right, she's in a really good place right now. And the it's her mother that says, you have an opportunity to be anything you want to be. And Like that is, I feel like I say that once a day to people, you know, that your divorce is an opportunity, even though you can't see through the muck when you're in it. But I think you're right. It's usually like a year out that you start to see that, that little glimmer. Yeah. Yeah. That scene, that was not, um, that wasn't really necessarily based. That was not based on, on anything other than once I found out we were having John Pinkow and Christine Sutherland play my parents. I was like, I have to write a scene for Christine and I. And thank God we did because we had a slightly different moment that led to that. That ended up being the sort of, you know, the big moment with my scene with her. So, uh, and working with her, which is wonderful. She and John, who, the two who played my parents, they're married in real life. Um, oh, funny. And John is, you know, he's just an, John Pinkow's an incredible actor and she's incredible too. She was, she played Buffy the Vampire Slayer's mom and John is on Mad About You and 
episodes and they're just incredible, but they'd never worked together. And here they were. And they're, they're not that much older than me, but originally we had one of the first scenes in the movie was with a, with little Jenny um, that ended up not quite working. We put too much weight. People thought it was a movie about a dad, an overprotective dad mm-hmm. messing up his daughter. And that was part of it of her being a scared person, but it shifted it in a way that made it like about the father daughter relationship, mm-hmm. not about, you know, so, so we had to let that go. But how long did it take to film? It was only a 20 day shoot. It was oh my gosh. fast. It was really, really quick. It took a while in post-production. It took a while to put all the pieces together, but yeah, it was, all, it was really, really quick shoot. And the, the team that I work with, I work with uh, Stephen Kunkin and Jack Lawars uh, and Jack's wife, Katie Hyde. Um, she and I produced it together initially. And, and then we had Cutter Studios come on board to help with all the, the post. But uh, yeah, it was, I've called in every favor. I mean, I just, I didn't know what I was doing when I was like, I can do this. Kids make movies. <laughs> like, and I have like, a stack of these little folders and they're all just, you know, the first ones for like, what is an LLC? What's the difference between a donation and a, you know, so um, it was, uh, it's been a huge learning curve, but I'm so excited about it. And I'm just so proud. People work so hard and I just think it, it turned out really great and I can't wait to share it. It was a little scary. The first, you know, when our first festivals, cause you know, reviews come out and you're like, okay, that's what happened. You, you got to put it out there. And, and I was so happy people are really enjoying it. And, you know, what younger, older, you know, I just thought for sure, I felt like we had knew who our audience was, but yeah. um, I'm surprised that it is a little, it's more spread out than I thought. Even like young men are really liking it and mm-hmm. saying like, this reminds me of my, my parents when I was younger and, you know, it's just different. I think it's so hopeful. And even though there's so many like really hard moments for the main character, I think that it really gives someone who's watching it hope. And it should be something that anyone's going through divorce watches because I think it shows them like, hey, it's normal to go through all of this stuff. It's normal to not want to tell your dentist about your divorce. It's not, it's normal to go shop for a vibrator <laughs> and what happens there. Um, you know, that scene was hysterical and like the divorce party was hysterical. Um, but it's normal normal to kind of go through all of those feelings and then come out and be like, you're going to be okay in this. I think it should be, you know, I think everyone who has gone through a divorce should be watching this. Oh, thank you. I, I, that's great. Thank you for saying that. (laughs) So when does it drop? How do we watch it? Give us like all of the details. Okay. Uh, well the, um, you can go to our website has like a lot of stuff on it and it's, um, before, during, after the film.com. And we have uh, U.S. and Canada distribution um, for coming out uh, February 9th. It's available now. Currently now uh, it's available for pre-sale. But February 9th, it will be available on iTunes and Apple TV and a, a bunch of other platforms, too. So um, but it'll, it'll have our, on our website, it'll have exactly where, you know, the different the different platforms. And I'll put all of those in the show notes, too. So, Finn, what's next for you? What's your next project? Um, I am working on a couple of different things. I have a feature that I'm writing and then also a pilot idea that I'm, that I'm working on. So I'm trying to focus now on the pilot just because it's, um, I feel like the film is something that I would want to work on myself. So I know I, I, and I, I, but the pilot is something that I feel like I could, um, you know, share with others and possibly sell. So I'm trying to finish that up. Are you enjoying the writing process? Now, this is like I'm putting my writer's hat on because anytime I interview someone who's a writer, I have to ask them about their process. I miss, I mean, acting is my, I just love, I miss acting. Like if I, if I, 
I like the idea of having written something, but in terms of the actual doing, um, I much prefer acting. I, I just am missing right now being, you know, but I, I love that I now have this as an outlet, especially since we're all locked down and I'm not yeah. working as an actor, but it, it is exciting too. I, I just, like I said, I think now that I finally have a story out there that, you know, I, I just had so much respect for writers that I was almost paralyzed to not do, yeah. to try. But if anyone is considering trying to write something, I, I really, I highly, highly recommend it. Um, I had to tell myself that I wouldn't share it with anybody initially because I just, I yeah. was too afraid to be exposed in that way. But, but now I'm, I'm just, I'm excited that, you know, that I've done it. And I, yeah, I really, I, I enjoy it. I like working with people though. So, uh, and writing feels a little more. Yes. <laughs> Very solitary, but you nailed it the first go around. So Thank keep, you. keep putting the pen to the paper. <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing it. Um, I really can't wait to just share it with to everyone I know because I just think it's so, so beautiful and such a perfect journey of one woman's divorce. But I think it's really about everyone's divorce and what they go through. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me, Renee. Thank you. That's a wrap. Link up with us at MsReneeBauer.com. Remember to rate and review and share with anyone you think might find this episode helpful. You can change your story and live happy even after.